The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, a GE company inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Permian Perspective. It is such a pleasure to spend time with all of you today. I am really thankful that you're choosing our podcast to listen to, and I'm thankful for our guest being here. I'm sitting here in Midland, Texas, inside of Rig ID Workwear with President and CEO of Midland Chamber of Commerce, Bobby Burns. Bobby, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Krista. Glad to be here. I'm so excited. This is definitely not our first interview. We've interviewed it through the years, but I can't tell you how excited I am about this one because we get to spend so much time together. So thanks well, for doing It'll be doing good. This. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, I want to ask everyone to help our show out by taking a few minutes to leave a review in iTunes. We are so appreciative of the reviews we've received so far and for Apple choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. So all you do is just click that five-star review, say something really nice. I like that. That's always kind. And we may even mention it in a future broadcast. So thank you for doing that ahead of time. All right, Mr. Bobby Burns, it is a pleasure to be here with you today. As I mentioned, we've spent time together before. I moved here 21 years ago as a reporter and anchor at Big Two News and got to interview you when you were mayor of Midland. And now here we are all these years later, sitting down together again. That's good. It's good. Let, let's go ahead and start from the beginning. What brought you to the Permian Basin? Well, I've been here about 40 years now, which seems so hard for me to believe. Yeah, so I can't believe I've hit that age. But nevertheless, I came from uh, Midland straight out of graduate school, went to Baylor and then graduate school at the University of Oklahoma and came straight to Midland and thinking I might stay for you know, three or four years, but obviously I've stayed forever, it seems like. <laughs> but I love Midland, love West Texas, love the potential that's out here and love the people that's out here. And I really like the weather. Yeah, I really do. It's warmer out here with the low humidity. So Midland is just a very special place. And now now we're really in this strategically important part of the world in terms of the Permian Basin. So it's a great place to be. We really are in the epicenter of, of course, oil and gas. And I know that you're a businessman. You have business here for many years. But how did you segue into the political arena and decide to run for mayor those years ago? Well, it was obviously a long time ago when I ran for mayor, probably 25 years ago. But I chose to run largely because I could see that back then we didn't have a loop and we needed to get that done. I really felt like we needed to get the new airport built. And we really needed to kind of move into the future as fast as we could because back then quite simply the economy wasn't as strong as it is today with the price of oil and gas and the activity so we just really need to kind of create it on our own which we did and so you know by three terms as mayor very proud of what we did i'm also very proud i'm not mayor anymore i'm glad <laughs> someone else is doing that because it was fun but um glad to pass the ball but looking at airports and loops and double stadiums that were built and parks that were built and quality of life and now i'm just involved in helping other people helping the leaders and backing them up and leading when i can so building's a special place and we got a lot of work and quite frankly we're behind on a lot so well, well you you were really instrumental like you said about bringing the loop here when i first moved here we had the old airport terminal and uh -huh. then now the new and which is just beautiful but also the scarborough sports complex and so 
you've really seen the growth pattern of Midland from the beginning to where it is now. The loop still isn't complete. If you think back, you know, it's been 21 years, but I can't imagine life without Loop 250. You know, what's interesting to me looking back on as a leader during that time and leader now is there was significant opposition to the loop. If you look back on that, people were going, why were you building the loop? And and why are you bringing in those businesses? Because all it's going to do is put other businesses out of business. But we wanted... We wanted that loop for traffic reasons, obviously, but also the economic development or the the retail development that went around it was very critical, and it is today. And if you look at that loop today, I'm really proud of what it does for City Calls because I'd say it's our cash cow tax-wise. There's a whole lot of sales tax revenue that goes in there that is really important. So, yeah, just... It was, you know, we did a fourth of it and I need to do the other fourth now. So it's got to keep circling. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, thank you. I don't know if anyone thanks you enough for for getting those things going well, all those years you. ago. That's very nice of and, you. and also bringing in the athletics that we have now with the Scarborough Sports Complex and to see the Midland Rock Hounds and that area in itself, the growth that has happened there. As the president of Midland's Chamber of Commerce, how does all that experience now help you in your new role? Well, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is really involved with trying to promote business and making this the best business environment to be in. And I think to some level, that's almost an easy job in Midland, Texas. This is an amazingly special business environment. If you want to come out here and work and make money and make something of yourself, I don't know if there's a better place on the planet than Midland, Texas. There really isn't. So it doesn't take a lot of selling on that side. But on the other side is the quality of life in Midland is not as good as it should be. The quality of place is not as good as it should be. There's a lot of people that may be listening today. They wouldn't move to Midland for any reason. They just wouldn't want to. So really part of the chamber is we need to really recreate, change Midland so it becomes that city that uh, people want to come to and and I think that's very important. And I think a lot of people just see Midland different than they should. In fact, I'll say we even view ourselves differently than we should. So and I'll be glad to go further on that if you want. I would love to hear more about that because I think that's really important. A lot of people are listening all over the world because of the oil and gas industry. And we're an oil and gas podcast. And they hear stories of the basin. Yeah. But we here now get to explain what the basin is really about because it is a lovely place. I love it here. And I think you're right. It does get a bad rap every now and then because of dust storms or absolutely or heat. But yeah, there's not too many trees and not too many lakes. And so that's just part of the feature that's here. Mm-hmm. But it's a great place to live. And I going back to it, I think even millionaires we put ourselves down many, many times because we know that we're overlooked by the state of Texas, and we also know we're overlooked by the United States. Because if you look at it this way, if you took Midland, not Midland and Odessa, not the Permian Basin, but if you just took Midland's population and magically transported it to Connecticut, we're all of a sudden the largest city in that state. Wow. And if we're not the largest, we compete to be the largest. So we're right there. Mm-hmm. Same thing in South Carolina. Same thing in 10 other states. So I don't think we view ourselves as that strong. And that's not even counting the strategic importance of milling of this oil and gas here. But we're bigger than we think we are. And the reason we get overlooked is in Texas, in terms of population, we're probably not even in the top 10 in population. Right. And we're probably not really in the top 20. Well, we're competing with. Houston oh, and Dallas and yeah. San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. and the Plano's and all those right. cities. Are, we, so if we change the way we see ourselves, I think that's really important. And to take it one step further, you know, the state right next door to us, New Mexico, if Midland was transported to Mexico, well, then all of a sudden we're the second largest city in that state. Wow. Yeah, you know, and 
much larger than Santa Fe. The, the capital of my point is, would New Mexico look at Midland different? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would Connecticut look at Midland different? Absolutely. Would the world look at Midland different? I think so. And I think we look at ourselves differently. So, And then I'm not even talking about the Permian Basin. I mean, the Permian Basin or even Midland Odessa, the numbers and the impact really changes. So, But this is a remarkable place in terms of strategically because you know, it's probably the biggest, strongest oil field in the world right now. And that's no small thing. Right. We need to be more proud of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> we, we really do. And we need to be proud of ourselves and proud of what we can do to have confidence and make this city much, much better than it is. We've got a long way to go. Let's talk about that because a lot of organizations are trying to do that. We know there's Priority Midland. We also have some wonderful big oil and gas companies that have come together for the strategic partnership. So we have a lot of people focusing on those four areas. And I'm sure you know these four areas. And I, I don't think they're new. I mean, and you can correct me. But looking back when, as your, at your tenure as mayor, I think these four things were important back then as well. And many of us know what they are, but I'll reiterate them just in case. Of course, we have roads, education, healthcare, and housing. Mm-hmm. And so that's nothing new, right? You were dealing with that oh, 21 do. years ago. No doubt. Right. Yeah, and I think all of those things tie into quality of place, quality of life, because in order to make the quality of place right, you have to have the good schools, you have to have the good hospital, you have to have the roads, and you have to have the infrastructure. So all those things are really come into play right now, and they're very critical. As uh, you mentioned, Priority Midland, I'm honored to be chairing Priority Midland right now, and we're really at the beginning stages of that, trying to pull that together, because we really believe that we've got an opportunity to really make building something special. But how do we do that? Because there's, right. there's certainly politics involved, there's taxes involved, and that's a tough world to operate in. So how do we do that? What, what is the goal of, of Priority Midland? Well, I think the goal of Priority Midland is to really begin to prioritize our needs, look at our needs, and take a really scientific mathematical look at exactly what the needs are and exactly how to make those things happen and make them come to fruition. Right now, you know, we've got all the taxing entities involved. And I can tell you, being a former mayor, it's awfully hard to be elected mayor and to worry too much about the school district. Mm -hmm. It's awfully hard because you've got that responsibility that's on your back. Conversely, it's awfully hard to worry about the hospital when you got your hands full with city hall. So what we've done with priority milling is bring all those taxi entities together, get them in the same room, talk about their needs that do overlap. Mm-hmm. Cause simply if you build a new school, you still have to have roads to it. You still have to have infrastructure, you have water. So everything's connected. So what we're trying to do is really create that workable atmosphere so that they really talk together, they begin to work together, they scheme together. It's probably not the best word scheme, is it? <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, work but you get the concept. There you yes. go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. scheme may be the right word occasionally, <laughs> but work together to figure out the answers. And uh, and I think they really, we're all beginning to see that's the only way we can do what we need to do. What advice would you give to members of the community, in particular the oil and gas community, on how they can help organizations? such as Priority Midland or the Chamber, how can they all work together to make the community thrive even more? Well, I think a couple of things. One, when we're doing things like Priority Midland, there's a, we have a lot of working groups. In fact, today, I think three of them are working. And I was just with uh, the infrastructure working group this morning, and they're digging in, looking real deep into roads and the needs for roads and how we pay for those things and how we get ready for the next five years and then the next five years after that. So I think whenever the, the public sees something they're interested in, whether it's hospitals or education, infrastructure, you know, 
uh, sporting facilities, whatever it is that they care about, get involved. And then the next thing I'd say is, yeah, it's really important right now that people vote because we know the school board is preparing to put on a bond issue right now, and we expect it to be, well, we kind of know what it's going to be. It's going to be $569 million, by far the biggest bond issue we've seen. But clearly the need is there. I don't think anybody's going to debate the need because we've grown so much, haven't built a new high school in 50 years. And if you really think about that, I mean, even when I was mayor, we were 90,000 to 100,000, and now we're approaching 200,000. The need is so obvious. So, but still, taxpayers have to make that tough decision. And fortunately, the the way it's been arranged is so that the tax consequences to, you know, a homeowner is pretty minor. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't really say that lightly. For a $300,000 house, it's like $4 a month. Mm-hmm. So it's achievable and the needs are there. So I'd say get involved, vote, speak your mind, don't be afraid, get out there. And, and then I would say, too, being a former leader, I don't want to underplay or overplay this, but trust your leaders. They're all pretty good people. Now, I have to admit, I disagree with them all the time. They disagree with me all the time. We're never going to agree. I don't agree with my wife all the time. I don't even agree what I did when I was mayor. I look back on it and go, that was wrong. But my point is, trust them. There are almost every leader I know out there is a good person and do it for the right reasons. So give them a shot. And that's how growth happens, mm-hmm. is when you're challenged by questions and, and encouraging each other to find the best answers. If, if everybody just agreed, well, yeah. I mean, that just sounds so crazy. But I mean, it would be, it would be nice to agree more, but <laughs> it, is, it is one of those things that that's how you learn and that's how you grow. Well, it's part of our culture right now, too. I think it's mm-hmm. that part of our culture in Washington, D.C. It's part of our culture in Austin. It's our state capital. We disagree naturally now we argue for the fun of it it's just part of our culture and so it makes it really hard for the mayor it makes it really hard for the leaders right now to move things forward because no matter what they come up with there's going to be significant debate that that's a bad idea and that's just part of the process it's just part of the deal so let's talk about growth you mentioned growth what do you feel are the biggest challenges that we are facing in this growth period right now in the basin well do you mean be more specific what are you saying what's the when you're, you're, are you saying there's the biggest challenge roads or the biggest challenge is what? Yeah, if you had to pick one thing that is just the biggest challenge, is it the population growing too fast? Is it we don't have the houses for everyone to move into? I mean, if you had to pick one of those four. Boy, it'd be really, really hard because I'm really one of those that believes all those things tying together. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my first thoughts are housing mm-hmm. when you say that. And then I think of roads and I think of education and then I think of health care issues. You really... We all have to understand we can't leave one out. Mm -hmm. And that's why Priority Millen is trying to pull these pieces together. You could focus on fixing the schools, which I think everyone would agree needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. That won't solve our problem. Because quite frankly, we could build the nicest schools that we could ever imagine. But the truth is we can't get people to move to Midland to teach in those schools. Mm -hmm. So we really have to address all these problems at the same time, which mm-hmm. is expensive, hard, takes a lot of leadership, and you have to bring a lot of leaders together. Mm-hmm. So it really involves a lot of uh, overlapping. So I think the biggest problem is pulling them all together at the same time. And so what I'm really saying is I think the biggest problem is leadership. So we need that strong leader to step up and say, here's where we're going and start pulling the pieces together. Sounds good. Let's talk a little bit about 
the Permian in general as an oil and gas entity. How can those business leaders that are here, how can they support the Midland Chamber? Because I know the Chamber does so many good things, and you know more about the statistics. You probably know every statistic of how many oil and gas businesses are are with the Chamber. But why should they join? Well, you know, the Chamber's been really involved in making things happen in our community for really approaching 100 years now, certainly 90-plus. If you look back at how the hospital was formed, it came from a committee in the chamber. You go back to Permian Basin Petroleum Association, it came from the chamber and then broke off on their own, which they should. Keep building beautiful. The list literally goes on and on. So behind the scenes, the chamber's involved in everything, and they don't always get credit. They always shouldn't. But, uh, I mean, I I can go back and even think when I was doing the airport, I had to have the chamber behind what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And once I got that, I knew I had a shot. Sports complex and the loop is the same way. You need that group of business leaders that see the vision and see where you're going to go. So you need to do that. But, you know, we need people to join the chamber and be a part of it because we're not funded by taxpayers. We're funded by businesses. And so we go out there and support the leaders that are doing the right thing and we oppose the readers that are doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And so we need people to be a part of the chamber. Yeah. Join the chamber. That's very, very important. But we do things like the star spangled salute. We do the state of the economy. We use the state of oil and gas. We just do multiple events and uh, to bring people together and, and to try to try to make Midland better. And I think that that's one of the, the recent events that really stands out in my mind was the state of oil and gas. What an amazing event. Tim Leach spoke at it from Concho. And it was just so impressive to see so many people in there so eager to meet each other and to learn and to inspire and encourage. And I, I loved that meeting. It, that's something you can plan on continuing, right? We are. In Yay. fact, that was the very first year we did it. And, you know, I have to admit, it's one of those meetings I'm in and we were talking and we do the state of economy. We do the state of education. We do different events like that. And it struck me, you know, this is Midland, Texas, one of the leading oil fields in the world. Why are we not doing that? So we said, let's do it. We did it. And I'm, I mean, there were thousands of people there. So it was a big luncheon and really fortunately to have Tim Leach from Concho get up there and really lay out the truth about where the energy business is, what's coming, what's important, why it's important for Millen to step up and prepare for this because there's a lot of companies that are going to come out here to make money. It's just what Millen's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think I need to clarify that a little. If you think about it, the market is going to drive this oil and gas it doesn't matter if we have good roads or bad roads. Someone's going to get the oil out of the ground. That right. They may operate it out of Houston. They may do it a different way, or they may come and just flood our city, and it'll look terrible. But at least they're going to get the oil out of the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, the market's going to dictate that. So it's really a function of how is Midland going to react to that? Are we going to adjust to it, grow with it, and be ready? So got a lot of opportunity out there. And in my opinion, we should be afraid of and I even hate to say this politically, shouldn't be afraid of debt, shouldn't be afraid because our capacity with that oil and gas under the ground is, when I say it's off the charts, it's off the charts. It really is. How off the charts? Do you know numbers? No, (laughs) Well, I'm afraid I can use the wrong numbers. (laughs) But it's there. It's there to stay. You look at the reserves Mm -hmm. that are in Saudi Arabia that we all know, the OPEC companies, the reserves out here in Midland and the Permian Basin rival almost outstripped those of Saudi Arabia. We know they already strip out the outstripped the other OPEC companies, but that has completely changed over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So our last five years, 
it's pretty remarkable the amount of oil and gas that's out there. You know, for a long time, we we kept producing the same wells in the same way in the same way. Well, it wasn't that long ago they learned how to get oil out of the rocks. And so that opened up all the fields. And so all of a sudden, the potential reserves went from, it went 20 times higher than it was before. So if you look at the the value of that, and that's why you see the Chevrons and the Oxys and the Pioneers and those companies out here. They know what's out here. So it's going to be a remarkable, strategically important area for the United States for 50 years. I love, I love that. That's good news. And what it's done, too, I, I'm, I'll probably jump in too quicker, but what it's done, too, is we've always had to deal with booms and bust. It's really just created more of a level economy. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have ups and downs. Right. But they're not going to be as radical. They're not going to be as strong because – you and I have lived out here a while, and we've seen some tremendous downturns mm-hmm. more than once. And it's still going to happen. But it's, you know, instead of, I know you can't, they can't see what I'm doing with my hand right now. <laughs> He's got his hand right yeah. about now, shoulder high. <laughs> but instead of the big ups and downs, it's going to, there's still going to be some movement, but it's not going to be like it was in the past. That part, the technology has really leveled out the industry to some level. And I think that's critical for us as we plan the future in terms of roads, schools, health care. We could begin to plan with a little more certainty than we could before. You mentioned the roads, and I think I read a startling statistic the other day. In the state of Texas, we have not had a day go by without a fatality. And it breaks my heart. I mean, it just, it, ma- it makes tears come to my eyes. I remember reading on the news every day about another fatal accident. And unfortunately, because I was re- receiving the press releases, I saw a lot of these were people that had just moved out of town, a lot of, a lot of Midlanders and, and Permian Basin people as well, but a lot of people coming in from out of town that maybe weren't familiar with the roads. What advice would you give to someone that is maybe moving into West Texas about our roads? Because I just, I would love to see a day go by where we do not have a fatal accident. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> that would be just ideal. Yeah. And I think the seal of the chamber of commerce, I don't want to address this because it's not complimentary. It's not good for Midland, but it's a critical issue. The roads are really dangerous. And I was just trying to look up something, but if you, if you, I saw something that I thought was just remarkable. Maybe I can find it real quick. I apologize. Oh, no, but no. for every, every new well, mm-hmm. That's drilled. There's 1,200 truck trips to that well. And for every old well that we just service, there's 300 truck trips. Wow. So now the rig count's super, super high. And so we're, we're using up those roads so, so fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to me, that was a big number. 1,200 truck big. trips for each new well. Wow. I mean, that we're talking a- about semi-trucks. I mean... It's just a, a lot of wear and tear on our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I think these oil companies came together with the permanent strategic plan to really say, we're aware that we're wearing out those things and they mm-hmm. want to play a big role. And those companies have come together to say, we want to help the permian basin, not just Midland, but Midland, Odessa and the entire, the permian basin. Mm-hmm. So those things are critical because it's, as you just laid out, there's some dangerous roads out here right now. They just, they are dangerous. And so now I'll give my public service announcement. Stay off your phones. Yes. And slow down and don't pass if you don't have to. That's what 
just gets me when I'm traveling on these roads is the the eagerness to get where you're going. And and I understand we all are on the clock and busy, but if we all slow down and take our eyes off the phone and on the road, maybe we can stop that statistic from staying that whatever it is. Yeah, we really need to be careful right now because the danger is out there and it's mm-hmm. real. And we've seen a lot of families lose loved ones with this. But mm-hmm. uh, you're right with the texting. You're right with the. But really, just be careful. We live in the society where we're in a rush mm-hmm. and we're on deadlines. We all know that. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I talk right now on this this uh, podcast, I'm thinking I got to go do something at three thirty. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. Right. So it's just part of our nature. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we're on those roads right now on the Permian Basin, they are crowded. They are they are dangerous. So it's a really that's another thing that I think we've really got to address. We've got to really work and we're doing this through the chamber right now working through legislation to make sure we get our fair share of those oil and gas roads we send a massive amount of money to austin and don't get it back but clearly because houston austin dallas fort worth these are bigger cities that have traffic issues that are probably bigger than ours at some level but we need to get our fair share back and work on that so we've got groups working on it Fantastic. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and ask you some personal questions as a leader because you have led our our community for so long. I love hearing what has worked for you, and maybe we can share that with our listeners. Can you tell me, how do you motivate your team? What is your biggest way that you've seen be effective to motivate others? Well, I don't know if it's motivation, but you really try to create an environment where they can be their best and give them the tools to be their best. There's a book I read a long time ago. Jim Collins wrote a book, which I've forgotten the name now. But anyway. That's right. We'll Google Jim Collins. Yeah, Jim Collins. It's a famous book. But anyway, he talked about getting the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off of the bus. And it's like as a leader, that's the hardest thing to do. Sometimes you'll even make a hire where you bring someone and you think they're going to be the right one. Mm-hmm. And they can do what you need to do. With Usually within 90 days, you find out they're the wrong person make a quick decision and move on and be honorable about it but also by the same token you know most of the time we make solid decisions about who we hire but then give them the tools give them the freedom and delegate the authority to me that's important mm-hmm. they need to know that yes you may want this done but you don't have to decide as a leader what color it is what size it is let them do their job whatever their job may be and then make sure they know they're appreciated in terms of dollars in terms of time off in terms of whatever they need because if you see this high quality person that can really deliver what you want take care of them Mm -hmm. and every person is more individual some people really value time with their family and some people value money you know get get in their heart and feel what they need and then but go take care of them That's great advice. You mentioned tools. Do you have a favorite business tool that has worked for you all these years? I really don't. I mean, I know I kind of know where the angle you're going. (laughs) No, I was just taught to work hard. And, but I think the tool that I've got that I don't know if it's a tool like you're expressing, but to me, everything's relationships. And so the value I bring to Midland is developing those relationships so that if I need something or I need advice or I need if I need anything, there's people I could get to and call. So I'd say the tools, don't be afraid to network. Don't be afraid to get out and build that relationship. And and you got to remember sometimes to get that relationship, you got to do something for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to deliver when they need help. And so then all of a sudden when you need something, you'll get them. But I'd say build that network of friends, build that, build that network of people that know how to do things you can't do. 
So build that. I love that. What about your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be? I don't want to think about that yet. <laughs> You're too young, right? <laughs> too young. Don't even want to think about well, that. You know, I'm starting to get older, so it's starting to hit me, but I really don't. I mean, I am so proud of our time as mayor, and we've mentioned the loop and the airport and the sports complex, and I'm just really proud of I, my goal was to change the face of Midland. Now, really, what I want to do is help someone else change the face of Midland because now we, people have told me I'm nuts on this, but I really believe it. There's a city in the Middle East called Abu Dhabi that has risen out of this oil field in the Middle East. I believe Midland can be in Abu Dhabi. We've got the capacity. We got this amazing resource underground that's just it's just startling mm -hmm. so there's no reason midland needs to be anything but a world-class city or a second class city and we're not now right. i mean we just need to be honest we're not there we're way behind on schools health care issues are not where we want roads we've already mentioned so we've got and then i think the key thing is that quality of life visit of a quality of place and quality of life mm -hmm. you know, so that people can get outdoors and jog and ride bikes safely and it's attractive to get out and do it. So Midland's got the chance to be a remarkable city. And that's really, that if I had a legacy, I'd like to, for Midland to really be not what I came to 40 years ago. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Finally, is there anything coming into this interview you knew you were going to sit down and we were going to visit that maybe we didn't get to talk about that you would love to share with our listeners? You know, I will go back to Priority Midland. I think that's a, the thing that's burning most of my time and most of my energy and, uh, there's a word called perseverate, which I used to, I love the word, but leaders perseverate, leaders lock in and perseverate means it's on their mind and they literally can't get it off. They go home at night and they're perseverating, they're thinking. And I think every great leader just is locked in. And so, you know, I would encourage people to don't be afraid to lock in that brain to go get things done. Cause right now we need people, you know, no matter how much I want to make Millen better, I can't do it. I mean, and there's 30 of us that can't do it. The mayor can't do it. You need people to be involved. And, and it's just not Midland. It's worldwide and nationwide, too. So I'd say we need more people to perseverate, get in there, and let the brain work for them because all the answers are locked in ourselves. I love it. Thank you so much, President and CEO of Midland Chamber of Commerce, Bobby Burns. What a pleasure it has been to sit and talk with you today. I hope you enjoyed your time as much as we did. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And it's now time to announce today's community MVP. And the MVP is Community National Bank and the United Way. Community National Bank recently hosted a school supply drive for the second year in a row. All of these items donated will be given out to the kids at the Boys and Girls Club at the Family Fun Day event. This will be held August 10th at the Midland County Horseshoe. There will be a backpack and school supply giveaway, games, free back-to-school haircuts, music, face painting, and so much more. The best part is it's free. Now, the event will take place from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Today's show is possible thanks to Baker Hughes, a GE company inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Thank you again for joining us. This concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. So just remember, dream big and believe in yourself. You go make it a great day. Okay, before heading into the event on deck for July, I have a few OGGN announcements. We moved our happy hours to quarterly, and so the Houston and Midland happy hour will be in sometime August or September. Be on the lookout for the date to be announced. And we are launching our Denver happy hour on August 29th from 4 to 6 p.m. All the details are below. And now let's move on to the events on deck. 
We have the Argentina Oil, Gas, and Energy Summit 2019. That's July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. The link is below. Then we have a happy hour coming up on July 23rd. It's the Intentional Networking Oil and Gas Happy Hour at the Houston Zoo. This is hosted by Equilibria, NOV, OGGN, and Flutura. And a portion of the ticket sales will be going to Redeem Ministries, a local charity to help human trafficking victims. You can sign up below. Next up, Mark, Jake, and Paige will be speaking at the 2019 IPANM annual meeting, July 24th and 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is addressing operators' needs in 2019. Sign up below. The Desk Derek Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual Shoot for the Future Clay Shoot is July 26th in Decatur, Texas. Sign up below. And last but not least, Summer Nape is coming up August 21st through 22nd in Houston, Texas. It's where the deals happen. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.